0: Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Back. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: What's up, everybody? I feel like that I just yelled at. I'm sorry. Hello, everybody. Is that better? Is that a better way to come in? Is that coming too hot there? Welcome to the apron bump. I'm your host Kyle, aka the hardest part of the ring. Uh how are you today? I feel, I feel like I usually just jump right into the wrestling, but I never I never ask how you are. Did did you are you having a good day? Did you, did you wake up uh, you know, well rested, maybe have uh maybe have some breakfast. Well, let me tell you. Well, speaking of breakfast. Did you uh speaking of breakfast Speaking of breakfast, uh, <laughs> when when it comes to eggs, how do you like your eggs? I like um, <clears throat> how do you like your eggs? Because uh, I like mine scrambled, scrambled. The show's called Scramble Madness. Ring Ring of Honor Scramble Madness, two thousand. That was a long way. Take it to a shitty scrambled eggs joke. Uh, but speaking of eggs, my eggs were fertilized watching this show because boy howdy, wasn't a fun watch. Uh, as the title suggests, there's a scramble in this. Sh- a few scramble matches actually in this show, and it, you know it's funny. I came into this Ring of Honor timeline from the beginning, right? And my 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 vision of Ring of Honor was you know. Brian Danielson, uh, Christopher Daniels, Low Key, Amazing Red, Samoa Joe, CM Punk. You know, like, you know, at least early Ring of Honor. That was my vision. Uh, but turns out these scramble matches fucking rule, dude. Like, it was funny because I, sh- I was shitting on it. Like in my first few episodes to go back and listen to, which, by the way, if you want to listen to my older episodes, uh, go to apronbump.com. Go to the episodes tab. And select ROH for all of my ROH. All my RUH, as the kids call it. All my Ring of Honor episodes that I have done to this point. Um, but yeah, my early episodes, I was like, God, this is just like... Feels like filler. It feels like, oh, we're just going to throw these less talented wrestlers in a, in a match. And just see what they do. And maybe they break their neck. Maybe they break their coccyx. Who knows? But whatever. They're disposable. But uh, it seems like, you know, at, like I said, the, t- the show... It's titled Scramble Madness. So they're obviously leaning into like they're advertising these type of matches, which means they're leaning leaning into how effective they are and how entertaining they are. And I don't know, maybe it's just my growth as a wrestling fan, maybe my maybe my uh uh my growth or you know, degrowth. Degrowth? Shortening? That's not right. Whatever. But I'm beginning to like these style of matches, especially in the context of 2002 Ring of Honor, because this is stuff you're not seeing anywhere else. Lots of innovative moves, lots of innovative spots, and like they're embracing the spottiness. Which when they're when when it's when they embrace it, and it's kind of spotty just for hey look how impressive we are. It's pretty fun to watch. They're not taking themselves too seriously, and there's a lot of hilarious spots both in the scramble matches and really just throughout the show but uh as always ring of honor such a great watch um hopefully you can still buy these shows on dvd vhs uh floppy disk i wish honor club had more availability of their older shows but if you ever are interested in uh how i watch these shows just let me know and i'll uh point you into the direction of the store that i bought them from um, but yeah, so Ring of Honor, Scramble Madness. It's, uh, you know, not just scrambles. It's not just flips and flops and jizz. You know, there's some good storylines brewing as well, especially uh, with the Prophecy, which is the main faction that has all the titles and has all the major story, you know, all the major main events and all that. The Prophecy running a roughshod, as they say, and a lot of, you know, hostility within the group new members coming in, old members maybe going out. Uh you have a, you have a, a budding rivalry between Brian Danielson and Doug Williams getting uh getting ignited on this show. Uh you also have a you know, homicide stabbing Steve Carino with a fork, so I I assume those gentlemen will, will will jostle sometime in the future due to that. Uh but yeah, ring of honor, this like I say it every time, but they're, they as the sh- shows keep coming You can start to see how they're further kind of solidifying what their identity is and how that would kind of transform in years to come. But enough of my yapping. Let's get into it. But first, got to give a shout out to my guest, R.N. from Smacked Raw Podcast. Brought him back on. You might remember him from my Progress Chapter 10 episode that I did a few months ago. Had a good old time pulling puds with R.N., uh, chapter 10 re- recapping that show. So go check that out. If you haven't already, that's a good listen. Follow RN on Twitter at Mr. 8984. Uh, follow the smacked raw podcast on Twitter at smacked raw pod. There are link trees up there. And it's also in the description. If you just want to check them out, wherever they are, they do uh, live shows on Twitch, which then get uploaded to YouTube. You can also catch them on any audio platform, that you insert sound into your ears. So go check them out. Really entertaining group of people over there. Uh, I've kind of gone over, uh, under a, uh, a rebrand of sorts over the past month or so. Got some uh, different kind of shows. You got uh, weekly recaps. You got uh, she Lead Showcase, which gives the female perspective to wrestling. Had Katie on a few weeks ago for uh, WCW Uncensored 1995. Um, you also got Mute RN, which is a rant show upcoming. Tons of other stuff in the Smacked Raw camp. Go check out those boys and girls. And uh, yeah, check me out while you're at it here because you're already uh, listening. So, why, really, why wouldn't you? Unless you're an asshole or something. Uh, Ring of Honor, Scramble Madness 2002 with myself and RN from the Smacked Raw podcast. Overall thoughts. But I'm assuming this is the first time you've seen the show, or am I wrong?
0: No, I've seen a couple of the matches. Like, I saw the uh, Daniel uh, Bryan-Doug Williams match before. Yeah. Just stumbling down a YouTube (laughs) Uh, rabbit hole and shit. But, yeah, no, that was the first time I watched the entire pay-per-view. I was trying to see if I recognized anybody from now that that was on there then. That shit was crazy, 2002.
1: Dude, yeah, it's like it's like chock full of guys that we see like are like running the business right now. right it's it's crazy because yeah, we recently did a uh, a best tag teams ever podcast with uh, SmackDraw with Bammer Slammer. and both of us had uh, Kevin Steen and El Generico on our lists. So I know you're very familiar with Ring of Honor. Are you familiar with this era specifically?
0: I started maybe about two thousand four,
1: right. Yeah, so you like were like, I've like like, seen
0: some of these, and I'd catch it like late night, three o'clock in the morning, type shit. But then, like, I actually like fell into it like 2004.
1: Right, so you're not too familiar with like the prophecy, for example. No, I
0: know, I know, I know who they are and everything. Like I said, I I got back okay. into it, went back and did some rewatching, and some tape trading, some mm. line wire shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't you didn't buy the VHS that they were oh, plugging no. in the show?
0: Yeah, it was like I said. Time. That was the year I. Two thousand two was the year I graduated. So like, when I was in oh, really? college, high, a, high school, or yeah, college, hi, high school. Okay, okay. So yeah. like when I got in college, that's when I kind of got back into it. I met other guys that were kind of into it and shit, and they hit me to some links and stuff and everything. That's kind of got back into it. Well, that's Dude, how I got into independent wrestling. Like, I never saw watching like WWE and shit like that, but like that's yeah, what kind of yeah. got me into the Indies.
1: Dude, LimeWire was clutch, man. Because that, that's how what? I watched Spring of Honor, too. I would watch it, like, on this little monitor. Like, I would have... A, my bed was in the background, and I would watch it, like, on my, my, my right. little monitor. It was, right. But it was, like, still so fun watching it, like, looking back at it.
0: See, I would download it in uh, one of my classes, like, overnight, because it on how long, <laughs> long that shit could take, like, 10 hours to download. <laughs> sure,
1: yeah. Easy. Easy, dude. Um, But, yeah, man, as far as this show goes... um. I guess well, what were your overall thoughts before we get like into the individual matches and stuff?
0: It was innovative as shit. Like some of the stuff, some of the moves they did, yeah. like, especially for back then, like it's commonplace stuff now. You don't even like bat an eye at it, but like in 2002, so, that shit was nuts.
1: Yeah, there's some stuff, even if you look at it in like in today's lenses, like it's still fucking crazy. We'll get to the scramble match later right. in the show, but that, that shit was nuts. Um, but yeah, the show opens up with a backstage promo from The Prophecy. So we got uh, Christopher Daniels, Xavier, Samoa Joe, and Simply Luscious, as my cat, like, nibbles at my fucking ankles. Um, So there's no titles on the line tonight, and Daniels explains that uh, it's because Boston doesn't deserve it. So fuck Boston. I get wherever. It's like Wakefield, Massachusetts or something.
0: I agree. Fuck Boston.
1: And we were talking a little bit about Samoa Joe dm and back and forth and dude his first of all he looks like a baby here really? um and his facials in this opening promo are hilarious because like i don't know if you cut the dynamic i guess they kind of explain it later in the show yeah. but basically
0: he's their he's, go for hire
1: yeah exactly he's not but like everybody kind of th- thinks he's a part of the faction but he's really just getting paid and doesn't really care doesn't he doesn't like subscribe to their beliefs at all right um, so we have Xavier, who's the champion. He doesn't—he doesn't feel like a champion at all. But he's the champion, the Ring of Honor champion, and he's like going in about he's how he's the all-around best and all this shit. And you just have Smojo in the background, like, really?
0: The thing I noticed most about it, this motherfucker, like, worst champion ever. Can't even, don't even know how to hold the belt. Like the belt always looks like awkward and like jumping up how <laughs> he's holding it and shit. bro, I'm like, hold the belt right, bro. Or just That's pretty right heavy, man. Face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is weird because he does look like a wrestler like yeah among like the people we see in the show like he probably looks mostly like a wrestler more than more so than anybody else
0: and he did get a little bit better like I, I remember seeing him in like pwg a few years later and stuff he did become somewhat better but like as of right now he's he's a fucking jobber creator wrestler Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. He's like
1: he's not bad. Like I wouldn't no. say he's a bad wrestler. He's just when you look at the talent that's on this right. show, it's like right. he gets buried. Even yeah. in the
0: group, even in the, his own group that he's in.
1: Right. He's, who, <laughs> he's like the fourth. He's the fourth best person in the And on top
0: of that too, like he's the he's the title holder for the promotion and he wasn't even anywhere near the main event. He was like the third or fourth match for yeah. the main event. So
1: Right. And I <laughs> I guess maybe that's the story they're trying to tell, but I guess we'll we'll get into that when we get into his match. But uh, so after that, what what, did you think about their um, the the little intro video package to start the show?
0: I dug it. Like I said, it was uh, it was low budget, but not in a low budget way. Like if that makes sense. Like the quality of it wasn't, but for back then, like the angles and cuts and everything like it actually for a 2002 video <laughs> package it was, that's not WWE, like it actually was kind of fire.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I didn't watch it because the last show they did one of these and they like spoiled like a lot of the finishes on the show. I don't know if it did it this time or not, but I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to watch it because <laughs> it's going to like give away the big spots. But
0: it gave me um, a couple. But like I said, I watched, it took me a couple of days to watch the show. So like. I don't. I I forgot. So you know what I'm saying. So like, it wasn't. It wasn't too terrible. I do remember a couple spots that did give away.
1: Right. Yeah, and I'm sure coming into this cold, a lot of guys probably blend together when you're like, so you probably don't really digest a lot of it anyways. So, um, but this opening match here. So we got a tag team match. We got Jay Briscoe and the Amazing Red versus Mark Briscoe and a partner of his choosing. And the partner he ends up choosing is Christopher Daniels. So the whole story here is that Mark Briscoe is now the newest member of The Prophecy. <laughs> which is, dude, it's so it's so cheesy, but I love it. You have like Mark bowing to Daniels and like I, he, you're my master, like Ravens. The first flock of all, we gotta discuss kind of like
0: how fucking the, the Briscoes were twelve years old on this. But they, were, <laughs> they were literally in high school when they like, yeah. they, like they don't look Even if you added the facial hair and tattoos, they still don't look anything like they look on this fucking paper. Like, even though they were saying the Briscoes, like, I had to go back and rewind. Like, Mm -hmm. this is really fucking Jay and Mark. Like, I even messaged you like, bro, the Briscoe brothers.
1: (laughs) They're in singlets. Like, nothing's (laughs) right.
0: (laughs) Like, nothing about them. Like, like, I wonder if they go back and look at this shit. Like, what, what, like, what were we thinking?
1: Yeah. It's funny cuz Mark here is, isn't even an, an adult. Like he's literally a child. Yeah, yeah He's that's 17 what I said, like years he's, old.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. I knew he was like 16, 17 years old at this point.
1: Yeah. Cuz like cuz he and and in Philly, which is their home base, he can't right. wrestle because of the whatever the commission or whatever. But right. Boston they're like, "Fuck it, throw him out there." It's Boston, who cares?
0: And I just want to say about Chris Christopher Daniels like I've been get I always give him shit about him on AEW. Cause he's an old man and everything, but like, I forgot how fucking dope he really was. And like at this point, yeah. they weren't even calling it the BME yet; they were just calling it the double jump moonsault. Right. So like, he hasn't even got into his bag yet for real for them to recognize how fucking good he is. And he he looks exactly the same twenty something years later, like he almost does. exactly the same. Like it, it was it, it was it was a weird trip seeing him. <laughs>
1: It's crazy, you know, thinking about it. This is only a few years after, because he was almost the uh, the higher power, right, in right? WWF. This is only, like, what, three years after that? It's right, kind of crazy right. when you're watching this, looking at it, because we're, we're also, like, three years before his, like, big TNA run when, like, exactly. when the next division was fired. So he did, he's done so much in his career, and he's still, like, at this point really early. Yeah, so. that's what I'm
0: saying. Like, he has, they haven't even started calling it the BME yet. <laughs>
1: Yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. He hasn't done like the, yeah, it's only the tip of the iceberg for him, for right. sure. And he's doing double duty on this show. But this is kind of like, uh, I, there's a couple people that do double duty on this yeah, show for say, whatever it's, reason. It's, but,
0: yeah, at least three people were in like two or three, two yeah, matches. including
1: games. Amazing Red, who's in this right. match too. Um, but also, can't forget uh, Jay's promo uh, to open the show. Because uh, like I said, he can't fight him. He can't fight Mark in Philly, so now they're in Boston, so now he has an opportunity. So Jay gets in the ring, and 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 I quote, says, he wants to finally get his hands on his faggot brother. Yeah. It's
0: um, <laughs> like, okay, Jay, cool, I neat. I flinched. I never thought that I'd come to the point in my life, because, like, if you, especially, like, for my age, like, I'm almost 40, like, hip-hop and shit, like, that word was used yeah, yeah. Really in songs. Not in, like, not to the... Be derogatory towards a gay person, but to be derogatory towards right. a straight person. So like, I've even had to train myself not to say that shit. Where So, like I forgot what era we we're in. And I literally was like, "Old man, old lady, shake, clutch, clutch my pearls." Mode. <laughs> it's
1: it. funny because their parents are ringside too, which <laughs> makes it even more hilarious. <laughs> it's like oh, well, my mom and dad at ringside. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't talk like that at home.
1: <laughs> um but yeah, then you know Mark comes out, they do the whole prophecy thing. Uh the match gets underway. Um, you know, Jay and Red, they get some double team stuff going. Uh, but then once Daniels, he like starts ordering Mark to he's like basically telling him what yeah. to do, and then that kind of allows him to take advantage a little bit. Uh, every time Mark Briscoe and Jay Briscoe are in there together, dude, they're like there's they're some brothers that when they wrestle each other, it like doesn't work. Like right. the Hardys weren't or were never like that great, even like, you know, stuff like that. But like Mark and Jay Briscoe, dude, they, their chemistry both with each other and against each other was always incredible.
0: Well, you could tell, like I said, you can tell that they trained together and they work together because I think that's what a lot of that comes from, too, yeah, is yeah. that they do train together and that at this point they've been working together a few years and they're not even fucking 20 yet. So like I think yeah. that has a lot to do with it as well.
1: Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, the match, uh, pretty solid match, some good false finishes. Like you said, he, Daniels hits the BME, even though they don't call it the BME, but it's, like, yeah. beautiful. Like, it's most – like, the way he hits it, he, like, almost elbow drops his opponent, yeah. which is just beautiful. Uh, we get a code red from Amazing Red, the originator.
0: Amazing Red. I I was just thinking, did you see the versus there with locks and dips that – you might not have, but, I, like, that Juel Santana no. had on, like, a do-rag, a scarf, a headband and something else, and like all I could think about was Amazing Red having the same shit on, bro. Like just right. headgear for days.
1: That's that's the 2002 indie wrestling. Uh, right, I gear. forgot. he
0: Wrestled in the do rag with the headband,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see more of that in the scramble match later. Um, but yeah, this match comes to an end when uh, Amazing Red he goes for a Hurricane Rana off the second rope, but Daniels blocks it and does like a really smooth transition. Into the last rights, which is like a crossroads kind of deal. Uh, So Daniels pins amazing red. uh, So him and Mark Briscoe get the win. And Daniels, (laughs) they go to the outside. They find uh, the Briscoe's parents. And Daniels is like, he's 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 my family now. And his parents are all sad. Like, oh, it's such good shit, man. Yeah, I kind of like this whole deal in the opening match here.
0: The mom and dad being ringside, though, is just a fucking kicker. And their dad is huge. Yeah. Like, their dad is huge. Like, at this point, too, he's, like, twice both their size.
1: All right. Throw him in there. Throw him in, right. match and <laughs> exactly. see what happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, after that, we get Special K
0: backstage. You familiar with Special K at all? A little bit. Not much. I guess i familiar, but I can't remember.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That the store they do drugs. That's that's all you need. That's all the best story you need. Uh Joey Mercury's there, which is cool, I guess. And Um, they were just
0: grilling him for being like, damn near call him a pedophile because he was so much older than everybody (laughs) else in special K. I'm like, damn, why are they doing Joey like that? He's probably 22.
1: (laughs) Dude, I love that dynamic. And they even play more on that in the scramble match. Um, but before that, we get a barn burner here. So we get Mace versus Mickey James who it is uh sorry you familiar with the Christopher Street connection at all
0: no not on this one no so they're their their gimmick
1: is that they're gay like that, that's literally it and w- but one of them I think he's out with an injury or something so he's not there so it's just one of them which is mace um and they had a whole storyline where it's it's really more of an Alice in danger versus Alexis Lurie feud more than anything. Right. Um, but we got an intergender match here. It's really nothing much to it. I mean, women's wrestling isn't really a thing. So it's, it's more of like a spectacle than anything, honestly, even though it's Mickey James and she's like one of the best workers probably on the show. Um, at one point (laughs) Mace, he hits a clothesline in the corner. Like, the most shitty, soft clothesline you'll ever see in your life. And even the crowd's like, oh, like they do like a what? Yeah. And the commentator's like, I'll just say it. That was the gayest clothesline I've ever seen. It's just like, I guess. I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty accurate, I suppose.
0: Yeah, this this show just would not have made it at all. it get about 10 minutes in before they pull the plug on it today. <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah, it was just, uh, like I said, it was so many moments where I, can't believe it, but I actually did cringe on some of
1: this shit. Like, uh, 2002. Yeah. <laughs> Still, we're, we're, we're in Katie Vick era. So yeah. that tells yeah. you anything about what, a, what people's mindsets are. Um, but there's one point where Mace, so I call this move, move the slug. So it's kind of like the caterpillar that Otis does, but he just kind of crawls and crawls over his opponent, uh, and rubs his dick all over their face. So he tries to do that to Mickey. But Mickey grabs his balls and then uh, hits a top rope DDT for the win. <laughs> this is a crazy sentence I just said. So Mickey right. James wins after grabbing the guy's balls. Uh, Allison Danger gets in the ring afterwards and kisses Mickey James because it's 2002 and everybody loves lesbians. Yep. Uh, and then Ga- so the commentator, I don't know if he caught this. It's Gabe Sapolsky on yeah. commentary, even though he goes by a different name. But <laughs> after all this deal happens, he's like, this feud is over. And I'm just like, thank God, because <laughs> it's been like several months of like bullshit. At this point, was
0: he was he booking for them still at this point or had he not yeah. took that job yet? Uh,
1: you know, I, I assumed he he was, but I'm honestly not 100 percent sure. Uh, I think he's if, if he's not officially booking, he's definitely he has a hand in it some way. Um, yeah. What you what would you think of Mace versus Alexis Lurie?
0: Uh, Yikes. <laughs>
1: That's, that's, that's I mean, that's one about note. the
0: best I could do. And like you said, it wasn't like... At first, I was like, man, they are really disrespecting me. But then I had to think back, like you said, like at this time, women's wrestling was brawn panties matches and pillow fights. So it yeah. kind of was what it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she, she made the best of it. And I guess she right. kind of came out on the other side. So, um, But after that, we go back backstage to Steve Carino. Um, so the last show came to a close with him getting stabbed in the eye by homicide with a fork because ring of honor. Right. And uh, so he says, Steve's pissed like this is bullshit. Uh, I'm leaving. I thought ring of honor was real wrestling. Yeah, this this, this thug stabbing me in the face with a fork. <laughs> so he's like, I'm going back to Japan where they respect real wrestling. Um, and that's pretty much it. This is a point where guys in ring of honor would go back and forth from yeah. japan you know so it's kind of just a way to write them off i guess for the time being but i know karino and homicide have a, a pretty long feud like towards the end of 2002 2003 so just getting off the ground with that um that kind of plays into why uh Samoa, joe and homicide have a match later is because joe and karino are tight um it's so pretty much building up to that
0: right
1: with that segment uh but man we have the, we have the champion in the next match what number three match number three just kind of thrown in there <laughs>
0: which what we were talking about like your your top belt in your company is the third match on the show
1: well hey at least he's facing someone uh pretty with a pretty big name right <laughs> jeremy lopez you a big jeremy lopez fan
0: yeah i'm a big stan i mean i got i bought a lot of merch back in. The day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's a non-title match of course because why Why would it be? Right, uh, Xavier, the champion, versus Jeremy Lopez. Simply Luscious is out there with Xavier. Um, actually, Simply Luscious introduces Xavier in the annoying way that she does. Uh, apparently, they're building up Lopez. Apparently, he's pretty big in NWA Wildside. Yeah, and he weird. was trained by Dean Malenko. So he's got I some mean, credibility I, to I him, I guess. Say,
0: like, I've seen, I want to say I've seen him versus AJ Styles. Because like we used to get NWA Wildside because we're like southern ohio right. so like we get it at like we get like a block of wrestling on saturday nights from like yeah. one o'clock to like four o'clock in the morning It'd be like nwa Wildside, ring of honor ecw and then another one like somewhere from the northeast i can't really i can't remember what it was but like that was a saturday morning block saturday evening block and i remember fucking Paris and aj styles and uh jeremy L- J- i don't i don't think they called him that or maybe he might have switched his name but i I do kind of hmm. remember him from Wildside.
1: Yeah, because that's literally the only thing I know about Wildside is that AJ Styles was there. So yeah. and I think that I could be wrong, but I feel like NWA Wildside kind of like faded out when TNA started because they're yeah, NWA. Yeah, well, they kind of so
0: absorbed all of them. Like all those right. tiny ones yeah. like in the Tennessee, Kentucky area, they kind of like just absorbed them all.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the match, it's okay. I mean, yeah. it's kind of slow. It's kind of, nothing really gripped me, but that was kind of an Xavier match to a T.
0: <laughs> really, Jeremy Lopez had better moves, <laughs> Moves and had a better move set, yeah. uh, did better moves most of the fucking match anyway.
1: Dude, that, uh, that tornado. So he hit, it's like a tornado DDT, but with a double underhook. Right. But then like transitions directly from that into a tiger powerbomb. And you could see his Dean Malenko influence and that kind of stuff, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, Xavier, he has some decent moves. He has, like hits like a F5 GTS, I yeah. guess you would call it. Um, but ultimately Xavier, the champion, uh, he ends up winning with the X breaker, which is like a, a cross neck breaker of sorts, rude awakening, uh, followed by, followed by a four fifty splash for the win. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think that, at least I hope the story they're trying to tell here is that, how shitty of a champion Xavier is and how he doesn't deserve it, how he's only champion because of the prophecy. And uh, ultimately Samoa Joe ends up taking the belt from him. So I feel like that's like, you think you're the best. That's kind of what his face was wearing. That opening promo is like, I'll show you. So in the long run, I guess it makes sense, but just watching it like just here, it's like weird. You're champion just in the third match.
0: And there's literally like 10 matches on this fucking card. And
1: he's the
0: third match.
1: So there's not even not even like the intermission main event. It's just (laughs) like in the middle of the first half. Um, But yeah, not a lot going on there. But after that, we have the hit squad versus kind of the FBI, I guess. So you just missed Nunzio. Nunzio just left for WWE like a month or two before this. And him and Mama Luke were kind of they were teaming and then they had a feud. But then it got cut short because Nunzio got called up to WWE. Um, And the whole thing there was Nunzio was trying to convince Tony Mama Luke to drop the FBI shit, drop the comedy stuff and become like a serious wrestler, which uh, I guess he kind of has done. But Tony Mama Luke is still in a tag team here and he's recruited Matt Thompson. So I've never heard of this guy. Apparently at this point, this is like his fifth match ever. I think commentary said like he's still very new. But how would you describe this guy physically, Matt Thompson?
0: Uh, fuck, I don't even know. Like, he was, like, big but not at the same fucking time. Like, it was weird how big yeah. and small he was at the same time.
1: Because he was, like, 6'8". But he's probably like 160 pounds. Like I said, Kevin Durant.
0: (laughs) Kevin Durant is about the best comp I could probably fucking think (laughs) of. Man, I
1: (laughs) if you gave me a thousand guesses, I would have not said Kevin Durant was the guy you were gonna compare him to. But I, I guess he a tall, lanky dude. Um, Wasn't he had like just straight hair? He kind of looked like a like a lady, but. Yeah. Yeah. He, the crowd loved him. The crowd loved Matt well, he, I mean, he had
0: some dope-ass moves. I mean, he he was actually doing, like, a couple spin kicks and shit. Like, he had some sort of, like, high flying. He was getting off to be that tall. Dude, like, I, that I mean, lion salt was kind of he impressive. did?
1: Yeah. That it was, like, one of the best lion salts I've ever <laughs> seen because he's so tall. So his feet go, like, 12 feet in the air. So right. it just looks crazy. Um, But, you know, I've never really heard much of him. So I don't know what happened, you know. Did he fade off or whatever, but. Um, but yeah, they're facing the Hit Squad here, who are just these two big, you know, New York dude, loud you know, something like that. But um, they, the match is pretty much them, the Hit Squad brutalizing Tony Mamaluke with just right. stiff-ass clotheslines and suplexes. But, well, man, Matt Thompson gets tagged in, and the crowd's on their feet. You know, like I said, he's doing lion songs. He goes to fucking work. Picks. I'm not even
0: going to lie. He goes to work. It was dope. Dude,
1: <laughs> Matt Thompson for ROH champion. Let's do it. Let's You're do right. <laughs> it. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the match, Tony Mamaluke has Mac in a guillotine. But while this is happening, Mafia hits a burning hammer onto Matt Thompson.
0: It about breaks Matt Thompson's fucking neck.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a rough one.
0: Right <laughs> on his head.
1: Yeah, I mean, the hit squad, their whole thing is like, hey, we're just going to actually hurt you. And we uh, because we wrestling because <laughs> it's like right after the attitude era. And it's like transitioning into an era of like WWE where it's kind of like a weird transition. So I feel like a lot of the indies are like trying to compensate for that with like we're so not sports entertainment that we're just right. going to actually hurt you. So that's kind of what their deal was here. Um, but yeah, the hit squad wins pretty much just a showcase for them, but a uh, pretty fun introduction to Matt Thompson too, I guess. what did you, what you think of this match?
0: Uh, it was, like you said, it was, it, I guess it was supposed to be a squash match, but not really like, yeah, But they did. Uh, the hit squad did have a couple of dope moves. Like they had one, the one guy, he had one and gorilla pressed them, dropped them down to like, he was going to world strongly slam him, and then flipped them. Mm. Like they, they had some decent shit to be just two big guys in the ring but Bad Thompson is yeah, yeah. the story
1: of this shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but, man, after that, we have... So, this show is called Scramble Madness, and this is why. So, we have a 10-man tag team scramble match. So, we got Divine Storm, the team of Chris Divine and Quiet Storm, uh, The Amazing Red, and the SAT, versus the team of Special K, which is just... It's 10... Or, it's 5 the high guys that are all wearing baggy pants and headbands. And we also got Joey Matthews in there who is, like, a few years older than them, but he's, like, the old uncle that's, like, trying to be you know, hello fellow kids, like, that kind of deal. Right.
0: They act like he was, like, 40 years old. He was probably 23, 24. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the great thing about this match is you have all these guys flying around, but right. then Joey Matthews will just grab a headlock on a guy. Literally. <laughs> just <he'll>
0: start <laughs> straight rest holding shit out of nowhere after they just did a fucking crash yeah, yeah. on both sides of the ring, tore up the... Uh, the the ringside uh, cage or whatever the yeah, hell yeah. it was supposed to be, <laughs> and then he'd do a repo for five minutes like it was. The storytelling I can't I I for how, what trash this was this it was actually decent storytelling and psychology for this to be the train wreck that it was honestly.
1: Dude, all right, So to be honest. I watched this like last Friday or something, and I was drinking while watching the show. And by this match, <laughs> I was. I was a little too. I wasn't hammered, but I was too drunk to follow a lot of what was going on. It wouldn't have matter, bro. Had...
0: It wouldn't have <laughs> mattered.
1: But I mean, I did. You know, I did catch a few spots. Um, I watched it completely
0: sober and couldn't fucking keep up. With
1: it. <laughs> All right, good. It wasn't just me then, because I was going cross-eyed no. watching this shit. No, it
0: wasn't. What just were,
1: you. Uh, What what spots stuck out to you
0: in this uh, match? Fast Eddie did like you know the the, the luchador spot where like six of them grab each other and wait for the guy to do a move from the outside. But he got so fucking high and like his legs came down. Like luckily those weren't real guardrails and it was just fencing uh-huh. that they got from home Depot. Cause his shins literally hit that damn thing, <laughs> but it didn't it like normally if that was normal guardrails and I've seen this happen in person before at a pro wrestling revolver show here in uh, Ohio that like Sammy Callahan and the Chris brothers run a guy did a move. Yeah, so yeah. He literally snapped his shins in fucking two at the show. So, like, I thought that's what was going to happen. But then I realized, oh, that's just aluminum fencing, hollow aluminum fencing from Home Depot. So it's safe. It's funny you bring that
1: up. That actually happened. It was like one of the first Ring of Honor shows. It was Chris Marvel, I think his name was, did it. And he he broke his leg. It it was a match against Paul London. It was like two seconds into the match, he does it. And it's like, oh, you know what? No, it was Paul London that did the moonsault, but the way he landed on him broke his Mm -hmm. leg. So... So I, I'm kind of wrong there, but Fast Eddie's—he's actually in a later match. Yeah. But it, it does all kind of blur, blur together. It's another kind of scrambly kind of match. But and then
0: they had the um, um, the five the power bomb off the top rope spot with all dude. four members. Like that shit was actually kind of dope. Like, and no <laughs> one broke their neck either. So that—that's always a plus.
1: <laughs> it's impressive. Have you seen Ready to Rumble? Yeah. The movie. The, yeah. the, when they all do the corner headbutts yeah. onto Jimmy King, like that's what I thought of when when they did that. The top rope power bombs coordinated on each corner. Um, I think like the baby faces do that, but then later in the match, the heels do like all four moonsaults yeah. at the same time. So it's which like, which was
0: way more dangerous and looked way more shittier than the power bombs did.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this match like really embraces the spottiness, spottiness mm-hmm. which sometimes I kind of roll my eyes at, but like. I can like appreciate it. Cause that's like all this match is designed to do is to show like some fancy right. moves. So it's like, and it's like entertaining I said, was, for what it is.
0: There was some psychology and especially with the Joey, Joey Matthews part. Like it was, it, they, they were, yeah. they were trying to sprinkle shit in as best they could with so much chaos going on. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> like
0: at one point the heels cleared the ring and amazing red was yeah. on the side. He had, I think he had got to his spot too quick. So then he literally, like mm. I said, then he just drops down. No one touches him. He just drops down holding his nuts like somebody hit him or something. And nothing <laughs> happened to him at all. Like, <laughs> and, then two seconds later, Joey, and then two seconds later, Joey runs over and, like, kicks at him and shit. And then he falls off the apron. But, like, I think he got <laughs> yeah. to his spot too soon and didn't realize it. So, he just... I was like, all right, okay. there. Well,
1: I didn't catch that. So, it's fair play. Now. There's so much going on that it's right. like I can get away with that kind of shit. Like, yeah, like Joey Matthews. Like, everybody's doing... I forget who it is, but someone's like on the on the mat and everybody's doing these like crazy moonsaults on them, like standing planches and stuff. And then Joey Matthews just comes in and just does like a like a piece. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of shit cracks me up. I love that. Um, yeah. Amazing red does like a reverse styles clash onto one of the guys that I don't know how he didn't break his neck. Right. But the quadruple power bombs. We talked about that. There was so there was one spot. I actually I, I, I had to make a gif of it or a clip of it and post it on Twitter. There's one spot where all the heels are surrounding Chris Devine. Joey Matthews pokes him in the eye. And then the other four guys of Special K are trying to do enziguris like at the same time. Like right. a quadruple enziguri. Three of them are on, on time. And there's one guy. I think it's Angel Dust he's like a whole second behind. So everybody kicks the guy. They're already down and this guy's like just starting his kick. <laughs> <laughs> but they can get away with this kind of shit because their whole gimmick is that they're they're drug addicts and they're right. all high all the time. And the commentary is even like, "Oh, that's what happens when you're doing all the, the the marijuanas or whatever whatever he said." So that was hilarious, but match was <laughs> probably the most entertaining match to me of the night, if I had to be honest, just for how crazy it was. Um, but S.A.T. Or, or Amazing Red gets to win with the Infrared. Um, and I believe they're really building up S.A.T. here, too. Like they're super over.
0: Yeah, well, they started, They had a shot. I, I believe they got a tryout with WWE and like we're on, did a, a couple dark matches. But I don't think yeah, I don't yeah. think they actually made it like because they were huge. Like I do remember them for sure, like around this time, like PWG and shit like that.
1: Yeah, I think if they came around a little later. They right. might have had a bigger run, right. but uh, I think I think they get a title shot at the ne- at the next show. So crowd loves them. They love the Spanish Fly. They were the creators of it. Yep. So yeah, this match was nuts, but I loved it. Hey, you got anything else on that?
0: No, like I said, like I was impressed about the little bits of uh, psychology they tried to sprinkle into this fucking car crash. So they they definitely got an A for me. This is one of the better like just fucking ten man tag chaos matches.
1: Yeah, but uh, so how do you follow that up? Well, with some Samoa Joe murder. So we have a, a two-on-one handicap match. We have Samoa Joe versus the Ring Crew Express, Dunn and Marcos. Now, these dudes, I, they can't be any older than 12. Literally. like literally. It's, it's ever, I
0: thought it was Everized. I'm going to be honest with you. They, they talk yeah. like them, they act like them. I'm like, oh, this is where Everized started. Like... Like that's all. That's what I, their gimmick I, was. Never yeah. <laughs> Twenty years ago. I can't remember if
1: this already happened or not, but they do. They have like a promo backstage, and their their little like catchphrases. We're gonna rock you like a hurricane, and then they go to the camera. Yeah,
0: I think it was right before because it was Samoa Joe. He was like, Christopher James was like, "You fucking idiots, Joe. That's what that's what you're beating up tonight or yeah, something." Yeah, yeah. Shit. And he was like, right. "See you in the ring, boys," and then just started like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but dude, it's like i I, can't, I couldn't tell if they were like in on the joke or if they were like really trying to be like yeah we're gonna rock yeah. you right like, they're like so nervous and fit they had like the bowl cut haircuts that makes them look even younger somehow it's uh it's crazy shit but i don't know if i brought this up yet but these entrances right so this is the first time that they've done this but there's like a fish eye lens yeah. effect <laughs> It's the
0: worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> ever. Ever. So st- and the way that they did it, too, with the editing of the names, like, they did yeah, the, yeah. they put the names and the, everything on the screen, then did the fisheye, where they should have put the fish the names right. and shit over top of the fisheye filter, not the way that they did it. So you couldn't even read some of the fucking names. You're like, who the hell is this? You Dude. know what I'm saying? Like, if I didn't know <laughs> the Joe, like, I'm like, what, what is that? Like, it's, yeah, their editing was Fucking ass
1: on this at least. Yeah, it, it's it's really bad. Like I, I couldn't like they're just trying to do too much. But right. Um, and Smojo, this I noticed it in this match because Smojo is like this intimidating dude. He's coming out here. He's like just you know, slitting his throat. And he he walks out and he just had this goofy fisheye like effect on his face. It's like oh, right. he's just he's just Joey Smoe walking out here. Um, but yeah, just a squash match here. Uh, <laughs> there's he's- one point where Joe like. He like flips Marcos shirt over his face like a hockey like he pulls a shirt over it, but he like whips him into a rope and he can't see. Oh, it's so good.
0: He slapped these motherfuckers so fucking hard. Like the amount of times he slapped them and how hard he slapped them. Like, I'm sorry. I would have took some shit in my own hands. No grown man is ever going (laughs) to slap me like that ever. I don't give a fuck if it's make believe or not. Predetermined outcome. Like, no grown man is ever going to slap me on my face like that. Yeah. And, and, and where it's recorded and somebody can go back and see. We got a fucking fight. <laughs> we'll be like, oh, Charlie uh, Burby thing- said, you slap a man in the face like that, they had a gunfight afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fucking way he was slapping his shit, He was right. Like, bro, like, no, 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 no.
1: Well, hey, good thing they're not grown men, right? right. They exactly. aren't children after all. Exactly. So. <laughs> But yeah, Joe, just some quick Joe brutality here. He hits the island driver onto one of them for the win. Uh, But yeah, pretty much just setting the tone for his match later with Homicide. Um, But after that, we got a, a Boston Street Fight tag team match. So we got Paul London and Rudy Boy Gonzalez versus Biohazard and Michael Shane. So these guys, this has been a few that's been like pretty much throughout the entire year of 2002 basically the story is that they're all like affiliated with Shawn michaels school the texas wrestling academy uh rudy boy's a trainer there but biohazard and michael shane basically like split off like they don't really give rudy boy any credit it's like Shawn michaels trained us not you and michael shane if you're not aware is the cousin of Shawn michaels yeah which is his whole gimmick like Man, I feel like I talk about Michael Shane too much on the because I cover TNA too and he's there. It's like enough. Well, that to this was fuck. the
0: thing. Like he, he was a name. Like he was supposed to be the. I don't want. Yeah. Well, yeah. he was supposed to be the first big indie guy from that era, yeah. and then like it just never. Like I don't know if it was injuries or what, but like it just never happened. And he was pretty much a fucking Shawn Michaels clone. I mean he he had the moves and shit and everything. Like I said, I don't mm-hmm. know. I can't remember back then like what exactly, but I know he was like in TNA. Ring of Honor shit yep. like that like he, he was everywhere
1: yeah and he definitely stuck out because right. he doesn't feel like an indie wrestler but I think it's just the times people wanted indie wrestlers so right. like he you could tell Michael Shane definitely has like a good sense of like you know how to format a match and how to get right. heat Because he has heat at this point. His promos are pretty good, but I think people at this time just want to see flips and people getting dropped on their necks. So he didn't really fit in, I guess. That's why it's kind of similar to Xavier. Like, he was solid, but he didn't. He kind of got lost in the shuffle, I think, eventually. Um, But we got Street Fight here. I guess it's the culmination of their storyline because Gabe on commentary after the match is over, he's like, I think this feud is over, which he's booking it, so he probably knows. So
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) Um, but the match, it's, it's, it's fine. You know, it's nothing too crazy. Rudy Boy does a tarantula on Michael Shane, which is just holy old-ass old Rudy Boy Gonzalez out there. The but he's him bumping himself. his ass off.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. The best when he tried to do the uh, 619 and, like, tried to catch himself. About <laughs> he about took half the ring ropes off the fucking ring when he, yeah. when he did it.
1: <laughs> it was just a six. He, right. but he did, but... uh yeah, this, this is a match where the barricades like this is where I began to notice. They're like, hey, the fuck these barricades. We're just going to destroy all of them, right? <laughs> Everyone's getting whipped through them. You know, chairs and ladders get involved. Um, you know, people like are like laying the ladders on the outside and dropping people on them. Uh, there's one point where the ref kind of fucks up. So Rudy Boy hits yeah. a, uh, Michael Shane with a super kick. Uh, the ref like gets down to count. He like does a one count. And then he stops and then he pauses for a little bit and he starts counting again. So the crowd's like, was that three? Was that, was that a new count? <laughs> no, one, no kick out. No, no one got their shoulder up. So it's was like, why'd you stop? He's like,
0: commentary was like, we're just going to go ahead and admit that was some shitty ref work right
1: there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's out of here. Uh, but ultimately Rudy boy hits a super power bomb off the second rope. And then Paul London follows it up with a, a shooting star press from the floor or from the, uh, from the mat uh, and in London makes the pin, gets the win. And, uh, so Paul London and Rudy boy get the win here. And like I said, commentary plays it off. Like this feud's over. It was kind of felt like a, uh, cause Paul London and Michael Shane have had some pretty good matches. They had a street fight a few shows ago that was right. like legendary to this day. Um, so it's kind of like kind of a anticlimactic finish here, but, uh, for what it was, it was some fun kind of brawling and weapon stuff in this match. I thought.
0: Yeah, and getting Rudy Boy in there, too. Like, he actually was. Yeah. He was taking some decent bumps, and he was dishing out some shit, too. For him to be as old and big as he was, like, he actually was pretty fucking athletic.
1: Right. Yeah, and he trained these guys, so you know right. he's out there like, all right, I'm going to gonna, I'm gonna at least hang with you, you know?
0: And you could tell they did have chemistry. Like, everything looked for as sloppy as most of these matches were. This was one of the ma- matches that wasn't, like, even though it was yeah. a street fight.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then after that, we have a six man tag. So we have uh, the Carnage Crew, which is the team of DeVito, Loke and a new member Masada versus Alex Arion, Don Juan and Fast Eddie. So this match is pretty much here to build up to the next card, which is uh, Knight of the Butcher. And that card, the main event, is Homicide teaming up with Abdullah the Butcher right. versus the Carnage Crew. So this is pretty much building up the Carnage Crew for, for that. Um, because the other guys, Arion, Don Juan, Fast Eddie, they're all like local wrestlers that have been featured a little bit, but they're always losing or they're just kind of like in dark match kind of stuff. Um, Fast Eddie, who is legally blind, which it is... Blew my fucking mind. Crazy. Dude, there's one point where he, like, leaps. He does, like, a poetry in motion kind of deal where he leaps off the back of Don Juan and hits a Rana onto one of the guys, Masada, I think, like, off the top rope. Like, he jumps up there and hits a hurt. Like, how do you do that, man? That's insane. That was really the one spot that caught my eye in this match. Uh, Masada looked really good. I don't know really anything about him. This is the first time I watched him, but he looked pretty dope. Uh, DeVito is a guy. DeVito and Loke, from what I understand, were... Decently big in ECW or they're involved yeah. in ECW. I feel like Devito, DeVito like was. doubles inside every time I see him.
0: Yeah. what DeVito was, he was like part of the FBI and all that shit. And then he also went to pretty sure that's said that I went to WCW was like the hardcore championship with, uh, mm. you know, the time when they were doing like the team Canada stuff and lamp storm and all that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Uh,
0: the finish comes
1: when DeVito hits a second rope pile driver on a fast Eddie which looked brutal. Uh, and that gives the Carnage Crew the win. So yeah, pretty quick. Like I say, kind of a more of a showcase for the Carnage Crew, but uh it was decent for what it was.
0: It just kills me the guys that they th- were behind in the company at this yeah. time.
1: <laughs> Carnage Crew. You're not you're not a big Carnage Crew fan. No,
0: I don't even fucking know who a Carnage Crew is besides the crew.
1: <laughs> I don't really know what they uh Cause I know we're, we're like on the heat, or we're, we're about to hit like the whole CZW invasion. Right. So I imagine they could be involved in that somehow. I don't really know a lot about it, but that seems like they would fit in pretty well with that kind of stuff. But yeah, like, like you said, like all the talent they have, and like this is the, these are the guys. But it is what it is, I guess. A couple of guys in jeans and t shirts, a couple Tommy Dreamers out there. So I get it. I get yeah,
0: it. It was literally a group of Tommy Dreamers. That's that's yeah. That's literally what it was.
1: But, man, so this is probably the match that I was looking forward to the most on this show. Samoa Joe versus Homicide. Uh, but we were talking about it on Twitter, and this match seemed a little too quick for me.
0: Yeah, it was like, especially how you built it up. I'm like, oh, fuck, these guys are probably going to fucking go an hour, and tear each other a fuck apart. And it was like, yeah. was it even 10 minutes? I don't think it was. I think it was less than 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and then how they ended it to the finish.
1: Yeah, it was uh, like because Samoa Joe and Homicide, I mean, they're both like at the beginnings of their run at this point. So I'm sure they have other matches in the future that are probably more epic. But yeah, this is like a weird because Homicide just broke off from his tag team that he came in with. So he's just getting like starting as a singles guy and Samoa Joe just came in a few shows ago. Um, But I mean, with the time they had. I mean, they, they made the most of it. I mean, they right. had a little bit of chain wrestling in the beginning, but after that, it was just like, hey, let me hit you really hard. Now you hit me really hard. And it's like, Joe hits one of the most brutal uranagis I've ever seen in right. my life. Just
0: folded his ass up, literally folded him up uh, like, a, like a bath towel.
1: Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Joe, he, he hits a dragon suplex after that, which is like equally like dumps him right on his head. Homicide. He's throwing out some stiff stuff too. He has a backdrop driver that, again, Joe is laning right on his head. Um, Concussion City, this whole match, man. They they have a standoff where they're both slapping the shit out of each other, which is like classic, you know, Japan style. Like, always love that shit. Always a sucker for it. You see the sweats flying off their faces. Um, Joe, he hits the ropes for a clothesline. Like you're about to see it, like oh, we're about to see a decapitation here, man. We're we're, we're just getting started with this match, but then Homicide just reverses it into a schoolboy for the win. So and not even, well, even like I
0: mean, I wouldn't even say that was a fucking schoolboy. Like he literally just like it was like a reverse roll up, and he just held onto a leg. Like it was one of the worst fucking roll up deals I've ever seen in a fucking match. Like it was it was literally 24 seven title terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was definitely something Reginald would do, but right. uh, um, yeah, for like for what it was, it was fine. But it definitely felt like they had another gear yeah. they could hit. And uh, also, it's just weird to see Joe lose at this point because he, where he's not champion yet, but once he becomes champion, like he, that dude never loses. But um, yeah, at this point, they're still kind of Joe's still kind of getting introduced to the audience. Uh, I think he actually lost to low key in his match with him, which that's a, if you want a really fucking good Smile Joe match, go watch him versus low key at unscripted. Um, it was pretty much this, but a little, a little longer, I think. Right. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, I mean, homicide looked good. Joe looked good. So for what it was, it was fine. But like I said, just felt like they had more to it. Yeah.
0: I was, I was kind of disappointed. I can't even lie.
1: Yeah. Um, but along the same vein, kind of this next match, I kind of had a similar feeling. So we have the number one contendership trophy on the line.
0: We have I'm Christopher still trying Daniels. To, I'm still trying to wrap my head around, kind of like with the progress shit that we did, how the, the title was a giant spear or whatever. Dude. Or equal stick. <laughs> so yeah, I forgot. I totally forgot about the trophy being like the marker of the number one contender. I totally forgot about that.
1: And it's funny. They weren't defended on this show, but the tag team titles are also trophies. So it's like, I think it's actually just one trophy yeah. for the tag team. So it's like these companies just trying out weird shit for their championships. Like to skip belts. Right. It's fine. We like belts. <laughs> um, But yeah, for the number one contendership trophy. So we have Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles. Now. When you when you read that or when you hear that, you automatically at least I do. I think of TNA. Like right. I think of their feud with Joe, the X Division, all the stuff they did, and whenever because this is their second match, I believe at this point that they've had in Ring of Honor against each other, and like that's a good match. Like it's a really good match. But whenever I'm watching it, I'm like, man, I feel like the TNA stuff they did was better than this.
0: Well, yeah. Well, a lot of that was too. They haven't they hadn't gotten to that gear yet because the TNA stuff that was that was. Two or three years after all of this, like what right. we were saying earlier about Christopher Daniels, like they weren't even calling it the BME yet. So like he hasn't, they neither one of them had really. This is AJ fresh off uh, Wildside and everything, and breaking off from Air Paris and all that shit too. So like they none of none of them had hit their stride yet. Which again, like this one, like I kind of knew more about this match and about this feud than I did about some of the other things because TNA and all that shit. So like this match. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that there was more to come with this, so I wasn't as disappointed as I was with the Joe and Homicide match as with this one. But like you said, it was a decent match. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, these are two of the best in the world kind of still to this day as well. And this was fucking almost 20 years ago.
1: Right. Yeah. You you get all the greatest hits from these guys. Uh, I did like the finish. So they're like trading roll-ups. It's real. like all their transitions and counters are so smooth at this point, even though they're early on in their feud. Uh, But AJ, as they're trading like roll ups, AJ eventually deadlifts Daniels up and hits him with the Styles Clash for the win. Uh, So AJ is the new number one contender and will face Xavier at the next show. But after this match, Mark Briscoe and Xavier, the rest of the prophecy hit the ring. Uh, They attack AJ but then Jay Briscoe comes out to try to make the save. Uh, then Amazing Red and SAT come out. So now they have the numbers. The baby faces do. So uh, the prophecies ran off by all these guys. Um, and AJ, Xavier is still in the ring. AJ hits the Styles Clash on Xavier. So pretty much building up to their title match. On what the next I'm starting show.
0: to understand is like, how did he, how did so many of these fucking wrestlers get their neck broke during the Styles Clash? Just literally just hold your head back. Like, like oh, yeah. I know they were trying to say make it out like it was a dangerous move and it's on AJ, but like bro, don't you know how the move is ending? Just literally hold your head back and your face won't touch the ground fucking at all. Like I can't even wrestle right. the most unathletic motherfucker on the planet, but I put <laughs> me up on the fucking Styles Clash. I know to lean my head back so my face and head never touch the mm. ground, like. And at this point, I think he had already injured maybe one or two people by this point with the fucking move. So I'm like, how do you not know that? I
1: think, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I agree. I think it's like a common, it's like a muscle memory for people to tuck their heads. heads Yeah, so especially like early on when the the Styles Clash isn't really a well-known move. Well, that's what it was. Like, I
0: remember like reading shit, like reading the... This dirt sheets and like pro wrestling illustrating all that shit. Like, I remember reading about it, never actually seeing it in person until Ring of Honor. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what? Yeah. Like, I was a kid, then I knew, tuck your fucking head back, bro. Like, it's simple. <laughs> like, they, I was thinking it was like I was some sort of like weird, weird pal driver he was doing to like fucking yeah. murdering people. I didn't realize. Like, that's what the move really... And really, honestly, it's the most trash... One of the most trash finishes ever, because, like, how are you it really going to put somebody out with that fucking thing? But but he's literally breaking people's necks, so... <laughs> <laughs> but poor
1: Yoshitatsu, and... Right. Who else he do it to? Like, Kazarian or somebody? I broke, think it was Kazarian, and backs. then it
0: was, like, another... It was a couple dudes in uh, Japan, I think.
1: Yeah, he almost did it to James Ellsworth that one time, but he saved right. it. It was, like, right. off the stairs, too, so that would have been really bad, but... Right. Shit, man. But yeah, you're like the Stylist clashes. It's like a move that over time I've like been become okay with. But when I first saw it, I'm because like, you when you think about it, you're literally just like two inches off the ground and falling on your face. Like right. that's that's what it is. Right. But it's like, you just, I, like, like it just looks said, cool. That
0: a, and that was another thing too. Like the dude's like 5'7". seven. So it's like there's there's no right. impact on the fucking move. It just looks like you're doing something, but really, you're not fucking doing. Anything at all, like you said, you're two inches off the ground. So if you hurt yourself, that is strictly on you. That was never AJ yeah. Styles' fault. If you broke your fucking yeah. neck on Styles Clash, like a box plan right. will it's, hurt you more than the Styles Clash would. Like it it will, you know what I'm saying, it will. like literally.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's it, it, still doing it to this day. So
0: right.
1: <laughs> it's uh, the people have finally learned, you know, whatever. Twenty years later, literally. But um, well, that brings us to the main event. 30-man Iron Man match. We have the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, versus Doug Williams. Uh, so what, what are your thoughts on Iron Man matches in general?
0: I'm, I'm into them, but I'm, I'm into more like the three stages of hell type shit. Like Iron Man's matches are all right, but it depends on, first of all, A, the feud. And second of all the guys involved in it, like two two submission-based guys in an Ironman match, like that, th- it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. It's,
1: yeah, I mean, I, th- I feel like these guys did it pretty well Yeah, because it kind of felt, it felt like believable. Because right. sometimes you get these Ironman matches, they will be like a 30-man Ironman match, and the score will be like fucking seven to six or something. Like, how are you exactly. losing that many times in this, this short span? But there was only right. one fall in this match which guys. crazy I,
0: which i did like that that because it yeah. wasn't only 30 minutes it wasn't an hour and like i said it was two mat based guys who aren't doing a bunch of fucking powerful moves or high flying moves to take you out so like to me that part of the psychology of it that part made sense and i did like the finish and so the finish made me like the match more because of how yeah. they did it
1: yeah Um, I mean, the pace in the beginning felt very slow. I mean, you have Brian Danielson and Doug Williams. You kind of know what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of technical wrestling, chain wrestling kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, my thing is how Doug Williams is not even that fucking big. He looked like Big Show compared to Daniel Bryan at this
1: point. (laughs) Well, even Daniel Bryan, he's like pretty thick at this point. Like... Over time, he gets a little more scrawnier, I think like when when he gets like to the pure championship kind of right, stuff. Right, but right, right here, he's a beefy boy. Right here,
0: when he gets the ball head, that's when he's uh, to me. That's when he's the the thickest. Right,
1: because here he's still like this is the period where he's kind of like fucking around on velocity versus right. John Cena and stuff. So he might even like be trying to get with WWE. So maybe that's why he's he's bulked up a bit
0: with the only lurking shorts on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Brian Danielson, I mean, he looks exactly the same that yeah. he does today, though. And he's still like just as good, just as athletic today, which is even Doug Williams, too, because he's he just recently came out of retirement and he's still going pretty strong, too. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I've seen I actually saw one of those matches. I don't wasn't progress. Maybe it was Rev Pro, maybe I, not Rev Pro. What
1: the fuck was it? Did it we watch? Been. was Doug Williams? I think he was on the progress show that we watched. Yeah, if he I remember was. correctly. I think he yeah. he faced uh, Rampage or something. Yeah. That he remember, was, he was, but yeah.
0: the, the stuff I see now, he had slimmed down some. Like when he came back and retired, mm-hmm. like he had slimmed down some. Was way more not as clumsy, clumsy as he was in that progress match. That we right. Were.
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny to think though, because this is like a match we could reasonably see like today, like right. sometime soon. With who knows where Brian Danielson's going to end up, and
0: Doug Williams is out there. So I don't think he, Doug Williams too like ever got any like real love, like he should have for being yeah how technically sound he was, and how, I mean, his, his, the fucking, what is it, his finisher, the burning, I always forget what it's called. Chaos Theory. Chaos Theory, like, that fucking move is fire, like, and people still, like, people still use it to this day. Like, he definitely didn't get his, get his flowers for how, how much he contributed as far as technical wrestling go, and like I said, his finisher. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at this point,
1: like, UK wrestling is, like, non-existent. So he's, like... People weren't as ingrained to like respect it. I feel like at this mm-hmm. point, but the match is pretty, I mean, I like, like it's chain wrestling in the beginning, which some people might, you know, they, they, they might think it's slow, but for some, for whatever reason, these two guys doing it was cause it, it looked like believable and it like, like it genuine.
0: It like yeah. It <laughs> like,
1: yeah. There's, there's, there's intent behind everything they're doing. So it's right. like, I, I enjoyed it, but it's literally like the first, like 15, 16 minutes is just like grappling you that's a type of wrestling though. So
0: like for me, like I think I think that was me and you that had that like Kurt Angle and all those type of those type of wrestlers, Lance Storm. Like those are yeah, that's yeah. my favorite type of wrestling that catches catch can bullshit or whatever JR and them used to say. Like I so to yeah, me yeah, yeah. Like, I was I was I was fucking into it. The back and forth, the holds, the joint manipulation, all that shit. Like that's my mm-hmm. favorite type of wrestling. So like it, it I was in. I was locked in from the beginning. I mean Just them seeing the transitions from those different types of arm bars to that one point where uh, Doug Williams, he just, like, put his knee. They were standing up. He had kind of – had him down. He just put his knee, like, right underneath his fucking armpit and, like, just bent the arm back just, like, a little bit. I'm like, bro, you can't tell me that doesn't hurt in real life. Like, (laughs) fake or not, you cannot tell me bending at the elbow like that on somebody – you oh can't yeah, tell me that shit doesn't fucking hurt. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you know you know these guys are out there. Like yeah, I'm gonna show you a little something. Yeah, they're
0: stretching the fuck out of each other for sure. My my favorite one.
1: This is like more towards the beginning. But Doug Williams has Brian down, and he puts his head on Brian's legs. So he's yeah. like using his head to like dick, and he's like has like a yeah, leg block it's... while he's doing it. Like this oh, this Brit- British was, savage.
0: Uh, he kind of had him like it was kind of like a reverse crossface, and Daniel Bryan was just fucking slapping the shit out of his face. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> just because. Yeah, it was just like to we're fucking it hold your
0: little brother down, just torturing him. He was just fucking just <laughs> slapping the shit out of him, like, damn, all right.
1: Yeah. Oh, such so good. Yeah. Um, so this is a 30-minute match, but so like about halfway through, uh Daniel Danielson hits a superplex from the top rope, which is like the first big move of the match. Right. Um, Both these guys are trying to they're like countering dragon suplexes like they're both trying to hit a dragon suplex on each other. Uh, But Brian ends up hitting one onto Doug Williams and that gives him the pinfall. So he beats Doug. Um, But ultimately, that's the only fall of the match, Um, which is like, you know, 20 minutes in or whatever it was Uh, to me towards the end, like the ending stretch. Was really good, like a lot yeah. of good counter wrestling. Yep. Uh, yeah, you know, D- D- Doug. They do the spot where we see on a lot of Brian Danielson matches, where Danielson's going for a a uh, backdrop suplex off the top rope, but Doug counters it and lands on Brian. Um, Williams keeps trying to hit the Chaos Theory, keeps getting blocked, but he finally hits it. But amazingly, Brian kicks out of it, which is like something you never really saw because that right. the Chaos Theory was like kind of like the Spanish Fly. It was like that super move that beat everybody. Um, Brian kicks out. Uh, Doug Williams hits a knee drop from the top rope, which is like another one of his finishers. I think mm-hmm. even the progress show we covered he that's how yeah. he won the match was with a knee drop off the top rope. Uh, but Brian kicks out again. Um, so at this point, you know, Doug kind of has Brian on the ropes. So you like feel like like a pinfall is coming. Doug Williams hits a second chaos theory, but Brian's feet he just kind of like accidentally rolls into the ropes. So it breaks up the pin. Uh, I like that you don't make him kick out again, but he kind of gets lucky. Um, Doug hits a brain buster after that for another two counts. So it's like, man, you can't like you can't beat this guy. Um, And then at the last minute, you hear the one minute remaining warning from the ring announcer, Um, Brian, he's kind of he's fighting back. He's hitting all these stiff European uppercuts. Uh, He sets up Doug Williams on the top rope, hits a back suplex. And it's at that point you're like, okay, we only have like 30 45 seconds. Like that's got to be at the end of the match. But then there's a great false finish where Brian after hitting the suplex, he goes for the pin, but then Doug Williams just rolls him up into like a like a small package kind of deal. Like I that, I bit on that one. I thought that yeah. was going to be a pin. Uh, but it wasn't. Daniel Bryan ends up or Brian Danielson ends up kicking out. Then Doug Williams locks in a crossface. So the last seconds of the match, Doug Williams has Brian in this crossface. You know the class That's pretty much how most Ironman matches end. I feel like with somebody in a submission, right. and like, can they hang on? But Brian hangs on, doesn't tap out. So uh, Brian Danielson wins this Iron Man match, one to zero. Um, but yeah, like like we said, the pace in the beginning was slow, but I feel like that built up to yeah. a really good stretch there at the end.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like I said, like it, for it being what it was in the type of wrestlers, the finish is what sealed it for me and made me enjoy it more. Cause it was more realistic. Like I said, like you, sh- the the biggest moves they hit were a superplex off the top rope, and then him reversing mm-hmm. uh Daniel Bryan's fucking top rope suplex that he always does. Like, so there shouldn't be, like you said, it shouldn't be a seven to six fucking fall match. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. like these are two guys that are grinders. They grind you out and set you up for their submission holes or their one big move that they do. So like, the one fall was all I, that shit was dope to me. I, like I loved it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was good shit. And it's like more context to it. So these guys wrestled earlier in the year and Doug Williams beat Brian with the chaos theory. So now at this point, they're one and one. So after the match, they cut to some backstage promos from both guys. And basically it sets up a a third match, which is going to be two out of three falls. So that shit will probably be pretty good as well. Right, right, right. Um, so we got that coming up later in a future show. And then we have the prophecy closing out the show with the promo. It's just like, <laughs> is this like Daniel? It's just like, all right, guys, come on, just get this promo done. All right, we we, we we gotta get out of this town. I hate this town. Let's just get this. So he's like, Daniel's being all like casual, and then they're like, Action. And then Daniel's is like,
0: ha ha ha, ha, ha. So the prophecy. <laughs> like that like transition. <laughs> like, and the the thing oh, about yeah. it is too, like. He like I, I I gotta go back to this like I gotta get. He's been doing this pretty much the same fucking gimmick for twenty years, yeah. like, and like no one ever bats an eye out at it. No one ever says like, oh, you need to change it up. Like that's how fucking good he is. And like I I like yeah. I said myself, I shit on the AEW stuff all the time, but I'm gonna have to go back and reevaluate. Like, this motherfucker still looks good. Still has the best moonsault ever. And this is twenty. Mm-hmm. This is literally legit. Almost twenty years ago. Like that shit is. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to me that Daniels
1: he didn't win the Ring of Honor title until like what was it 2016? Yeah. Or something like that when he beat yeah. uh who'd he even beat? I don't even remember who he beat, but but yeah, it's it's crazy. He stuck with it. Obviously, he had the big TNA run, mm-hmm. came back to Ring of Honor, did all that stuff, and now he's an AEW, did all the SCU stuff. I feel like now he's kind of more like a producer kind right. of guy, but uh still going strong today, man. Gotta love it. But yeah, the show ends. The only
0: complaint I have is the bell bottoms now. Like the wrestling
1: in the bell bottom, <laughs> he, he does wrestle in like a Elvis kind he of <laughs> garb. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the show ends, so they do the little promo. Uh, then they go like uh, right down the hall. They find AJ Styles and Mickie James, and they just beat them down because, right. yeah, Xavier and AJ have a title match. And then Xavier fucking
0: mush face and, and M- Mickey James, like literally just fucking mush faced her up against the wall. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh yeah. fuck. I'm like, ah, oh, don't see. Didn't see that too much back in the day, man, putting their hands right.
1: Yeah, a little rough. But uh, so, yeah, that's how the show closes. And uh, yeah, man, Scramble Madness. A pretty good show, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially for one, like I said, like. Just seeing the moves and shit that they did were so like innovative. And like now, like some of the stuff you look at it, yeah, yeah. you don't know, even fucking bat an eye. But like back then, especially with these dudes that literally looked like fucking mailman and garbage men and shit, like doing some of these moves. Right. <laughs> it was pretty fucking legit, for real.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Really loved it. Um, the scramble match is probably my favorite match of the night, even how ridiculous it was. It was just like all the innovation that you were just talking about. Like right. there's a lot of it in that match, but all oh. throughout the card, you saw that.
0: That was my second favorite match. The Iron Man match was my favorite match.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I could say that's definitely one and two for sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, once again, glad to have you on again. Uh, it was a pleasure. I know you're always a good go-to for these kind of independent
0: type of shows. Uh, where can everybody follow you and listen to you? Uh, you can listen to the Smack podcast. I actually do the Rewind show on Sunday nights where we uh, we kind of go through the good, the bad, and the ugly of the weekend wrestling. Uh, you can follow us at Smack Pod. And follow my personal page uh, at Mr. 8984 and kind of getting into this thing with the hashtag MuteRN where you use that as hashtag and shoot me some shit that you want me to talk shit about or pop off about. Uh, we're definitely going to get into those a little bit more. So yeah, there's that. Hell yeah. When are we getting one of those, man? A mute RN. We got a couple of them in the bank. I, I, I'm hoping that we bring one out this week uh, when we do the rewind, but we'll see how it goes. Well, if you ever need a special guest, (laughs) I'm
1: more than happy to uh, rant about some stuff with you. Absolutely. For sure. All right, man. Well, I'll let you uh, continue with your work day, I guess. (laughs) But yeah, man, it was a pleasure. Thanks for coming on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, anytime you need me, I'm down.
1: Once again, thank you to RN for joining me on this Scramble-tastic episode, huh? I don't know. Uh, for joining me today, <laughs> go check out RN and the Smacked podcast. All their info in the description below. Follow them on Twitter. Check out the link tree to check out all the shenanigans that they're doing. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, Pitter patter, let's get at her. So next week, we got some progress action coming your way. Chapter 14. And that is a silly one. Maybe the silliest episode I've done <laughs> with uh, Charlie from get show returning to the show. So go check that. Or you're not, you can't check it out now unless you're listening and uh, you know, retroactively, which I guess you could, but if you're listening to this within the week, I'm rambling uh, subscribe to me. So you don't miss my episodes is what I'm trying to say. Uh apronbump.com for all of my previous episodes. Uh, like I always say, if you want to filter to a uh, you know specific promotion, era of wrestling, maybe you just discovered me. Do me a favor, go to apronbump.com, check out the breadth, breadth and depth that I go into uh, amongst the various different promotions and decades and eras and K-D-Vicks, and go check me out there subscribe to me on all the socials, all that also on apronbump.com and in the description of this episode. Kiss your mother on the mouth, slap your dog on the ass, and slap me in the ass. I don't know. Thank you, everybody, for listening. (laughs) Oh, turnips. I'm hard.
0: Walk the ground, show you where heart is Standing stronger, prouder, and I guess Let's get started